0: Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash, and let's dive into a new episode. Oh my gosh, listeners, this episode is so good. I am so excited to bring it to you. It is the bomb. You are going to find so much value in my conversation with Sarah Bro. Sarah is a former educator turned brand marketing strategist and creative writer. We have so much in common, and the interview is a perfect example of collaboration versus competition. During our conversation, Sarah tells how to create our tagline and elevator pitch. She shares her narrative acronym for creating video and film that tells your story and is impactful for sparking interaction with your brand and business, especially for nonprofits. She also shares some really incredible advice. And information on breast cancer, which here in the year 2020, with all of the chaos that has been going on, Sarah actually was diagnosed with breast cancer. So she shares some really practical and expert information on that as well. But the best part, the very best part of this interview is that I did a mini clarity session for Sarah for her personal brand. And if you are a multi passionate person like Sarah and I are, this is going to really give you some great insight and empower you as far as your personal brand goes. So I can't even tell you how excited I am to share this interview with you. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did having the conversation. Sarah Brode, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I am excited you're here because it's not very often that I get to have a conversation and interview someone who is in the same space as me. I have had interviews with social media managers and different people that, and copywriters and email marketers and people who are involved with, I guess, helping others develop their brands per se in terms of the nitty gritty behind the scenes. But I haven't had a real branding expert, someone who loves brand marketing strategy as much as I do on the show. So this conversation is going to be really fun for me.
1: Yay. Yeah. I'm excited. I saw on your website, all of the things you offer, and it's very similar to what I do as well. So I think we're going to have a lot of things to talk about. You
0: know, it's funny because as I was going through your website, same thing, because everybody I interview, I like stalk them for a little while and try to find out as much about them as I possibly can between their website, their social media accounts, whatever. And I think this is a great example of, You know, you see that term collaboration over competition on social media. And this is a great example of that, because in theory, we could have the same clients. We could be pitching the same client. We don't know that, but we're in different geographical areas and everything. But because we're in the online space, we could. But I think it's wonderful that we can come together and have this conversation and share our knowledge to help other people then go forth and build their brands or create their brands or dive deeper into their brands.
1: Yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm a firm believer in collaboration over competition. I think, you know, with the global marketplace, there's plenty of work to be had. And so let's work together, you know, take it to the next level of what we're doing. So I'm so excited to have this conversation with you.
0: Great. Well, let's get started. Let's start. If you will, please tell the listeners a little bit about you. You have a very interesting backstory and how you became a brand expert. You didn't start in branding. And you're kind of unique because you didn't start in corporate. So let's talk a little bit about your backstory.
1: Yeah. So I began my career in education. So I taught high school English as a second language to international students for five years and then transitioned to teaching at the university level after I had kids And then taught at University of Pennsylvania um, when we lived in Philadelphia. And then when we moved back south, I then started teaching at Vanderbilt University again in their English language learning program. And then after that, I decided to get my master's in creative writing and then had to figure out how I was going to pay off my student loans and realized that writers make about, you know, $10 a year. So I decided to go into marketing. So I started a social media marketing firm and that got acquired about five years into it. I had a partner and she and I sold it and then worked for the company that bought us. It wasn't a corporate job. It was just a small boutique marketing agency. Then I went out on my own after that. So I did that for two years and then started my own consultation, you know, company after that. So that's where I am now. And that's how it kind of developed into brand marketing because social media marketing became more about the numbers and the, you know, analytics and the paid, you know, and that just was not my speed. I wanted to be more creative and part of the branding side of it. And I am a storyteller by nature. So It was a great fit.
0: Let's talk about that for just a second, because we know that branding is storytelling. We know that from, you know, the greats like Donald Miller and Marty Niemeyer and those guys that have published books on it. So tell me a little bit about your perspective on the power of storytelling when creating a brand or building your brand.
1: Well, I mean, I am a firm Don Miller follower and I helped actually launch their StoryBrand, the guide program. And so I was one of the first teachers for training StoryBrand guides for StoryBrand. And I am in awe of how he has simplified, you know, storytelling framework for marketers and really very much hold on to the concept that your customer is the hero and you are not. So Storytelling, it helps their brains rest. It excites them. It gives them the idea of how their lives are going to be transformed by your product or service. And it ultimately just helps clarify the madness and, you know, washes out all the other distracting noise that comes in and helps you focus on what it is your company is trying to communicate.
0: And so for people who are sitting there thinking, but I'm not creative, or I don't have a story to tell, I'm not interesting, or I don't know what story or what part of my journey would be even interesting to my clients. What would
1: you say to them? I would say, well, that's good because really it's not your story that you're telling. It's your your customer's story. And so you are coming alongside your customer and hopefully you actually find your customers journeys exciting. And the more you get to know your ideal client, the more exciting your brand messaging is going to be.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that is so important for us to remove ourselves because our brand is not about us. It's about what other people think of us. And that's what differentiation is, right? And without stories, we can't differentiate. And I think our reactions to our ideal clients' stories are what make us able to connect. Yeah. And then grow relationships or develop relationships that turn into client relationships. Well, it's like when you think
1: of authenticity, when you connect with someone, even if you tell your own story You can tell the difference between if a person is telling their story to, you know, bolster their own ego, or when they're telling their own story to be a support to you, you know? And so really it's on, you know, what is your motivation for telling a story? Because your brand story could include your story because plenty of people do have really exciting stories to tell, but if their motivation is to serve their client by telling their story, then people understand that and they're drawn to that. And so even by me telling some of my story today, hopefully that'll inspire others that have similar stories or can relate to my story. And so that's the key to branding is just telling stories that connect and really serve customers.
0: You said something, and I think it's very impactful. It's about serving others. And I think every single one of us has a story that whether we recognize it as a story that could help someone else or not, it really truly can everything about our journey, we've experienced so that we can then use that to serve other people. Exactly. So What I want to dive into real quick is, and our conversation, I think, is going to just keep going and be very interesting to everyone, but you help companies so that they can create clarity, spark interaction, and then ignite their businesses. And I love that phrase, spark interaction. And one of the ways that we can do that is through our elevator pitch or our tagline. That's right. And if those are sparking interest, right? people are going to want to get to know more about us. That's that key. I mean, for me, from the photography perspective, you know, I like to start with that visual component and, you know, you have the visual in your, maybe your social media feed on your website, whatever, and you're grabbing their attention. They can emotionally connect with you right away because they can see you, who you are, what you look like and how you hold yourself and all those things. Yeah. But words are also so incredibly powerful. So Okay, with all of that said, what I would love to do is have you walk us through how we can use our story to spark that interest, spark that interaction using our, what, 30-second elevator speech, our tagline. The two sort of go together, but yet they're different. So maybe you can talk about the difference between the two and then tell us how we can create them so that they are effective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the difference between a one-liner and a tagline or a one-liner and an elevator pitch is that your tagline is kind of an inspiring way to express your aspirational identity. You know, what it is you're hoping your customer will feel or the transformational story of your customer It's like Nike's just do it. That's more of a story of transformation. You know, you were just sitting on your couch. Now you're in your Nike gear and then you're going to go out and just do it. It's connecting to their inner self. You know what it is that that brand is drawing out of you. It's like Apple's think different. You know, you're connecting to those people who think outside the box. So your tagline is a way to connect emotionally to the customer. Your one liner or your elevator pitch is basically a micro story. So, um, in creative writing, we call mm-hmm. really short stories flash fiction or flash nonfiction, you know, and your one liner is like your flash fiction story or your flash nonfiction story, as it were. So, the idea of an elevator pitch is if you get on an elevator and somebody says, What do you do? You only have 30 seconds between floor one and three, so you got to get it out quick. So, you know, condensing your story into the most important elements is really a quite an easy framework or template. So you have three parts to your elevator pitch. And the first part is the most important part of a story is when your character has a problem that they need to overcome. So it always starts with the problem. So you tell the problem that you're solving. And then step 2 is you tell how you're going to solve the problem. And then step 3 is what happens to your life once your problem is solved. So for me my one-liner is most companies have a hard time explaining what they do. Mm-hmm. And so then that's my problem statement. And then my solution statement is I offer brand marketing and content creation. So that's my solution. And then for those who want to create clarity, spark interaction and ignite their business. And that's, the results. So it's problem solution results. I love that problem solution results. And just
0: like that, you have your elevator pitch.
1: That's exactly right.
0: And those come in so handy because, first of all, you could use them as a bio for like social media profiles, and second of all, anytime you're networking, that is, you know, you could envision yourself on the elevator, you know, using this in that thirty second time frame. But what they're really used for is at networking events or for you know, you just happen to meet someone out of the blue and they ask, well, what do you do just to start conversation?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I use that template for writing product descriptions for, you know, starting a, like if I do a case study, you know, so it's really a great outline for pretty much anything you do in copywriting.
0: And you could use this not only if you're an entrepreneur and you're talking about how you help others, you could use this as part of your personal brand if you're in corporate and you get on, happen to get on the elevator with the CEO and you're just meeting them for the first time. Or if you are a product, you have a product as an entrepreneur, you can use that as part of the description or how you help people because of that, the product that you've created or that you sell.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I use it all the time.
0: Yeah, I love that. So let me ask you, do you do more work with product specific brands versus individuals or
1: what what area do you focus mostly on? Well, this gets back into that niche issue that I have, but I mainly do like software as a service type clients, technology and healthcare are my top two and then small businesses. And then underneath that would be on just single solopreneurs.
0: Okay. Yeah. Where I focus more on the solopreneur yeah, and that personal aspect of it versus the product or the packaging or any of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have another question for you that I think the listeners are going to find this really interesting. So as part of your creative writing journey, you have written scripts for films, and they have been produced. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about that and how you dive into that creative component of script writing and then how you went about getting those scripts produced as films.
1: Well, I have been really lucky because I have a personal relationship with the producer that I mainly work with, Corey Deeb. He founded Natus Films. And the tagline for his company is making films that make a difference. And their whole goal is to help nonprofits elevate and amplify their stories so that they can make the change in the world that they're trying to make. And so one of the ways he's done that is through kind of a two framework system where he does promotional videos and narrative films. So he started with doing a documentary on Sudan, and they were going through a civil war at the time. And so he was telling the story of the North Sudan versus South Sudan. And we began meeting because he knew my interest in writing. And so then I started using my storytelling framework background to help him to, you know, storyboard before he goes out on a shoot. And then after the shoot, I would help write the script if they did a voiceover. And then we moved on to actually writing scripts for the narrative films that he was telling. So that's how it started. And then from then I've gotten other clients that are writing promotional videos. And so it's kind of started with the concept, you know, or the project. And then they've come to me, I write it, and then they produce it after I write it. So when you talk about a
0: storyboard, because we can use storyboards for our brands as well.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: So would you talk just a little bit about the storyboard and how you create a storyboard? Because I think that might be a nice action that the listeners could take as they're starting to think about creating their brand and telling their story or even working with their own clients to tell their client stories. How do you, how would you suggest they start that process?
1: So with my, I'll just give an example of my nonprofit clients. They're often serving a vulnerable population. And so we tell their story in a way where, you know, we take these parts of a story, you know, the storytelling framework. And I love Don Miller's story brand framework. And that's a seven part framework for, you know, saying, who is the hero of the story? What problems are they trying to overcome? How are you going to come in and help them overcome the problems? And what's the plan? So I implement that and create a document that pieces out those different parts of the story. Now, through my history with StoryBrand and using StoryBrand for so many years, I've now developed my own, which is called the Nonprofit Narrative, In working with nonprofits to help them flush out their story. So it takes the word narrative and breaks it up into, you know, each letter tells a piece of the story. So like the in and narrative starts with naming your hero and who you serve. And then what adversity do they face? That's the A. And then what's the rising conflict? You know, what's statistics that really highlight what it is this hero is facing? So it's basically taking the parts of the story and visually blocking out those parts of the story and saying, how are we going to show those on film? I love my E because it brings in my creative writing background because it's extended metaphor. And what's the metaphor that really shows that overall picture? We can turn any object into a metaphor to give as an example of what it is. And when we're telling visual stories, as well as writing stories, we often need clues that help deepen the story. And so these clues are like examples or symbols so in one of the films that I did with Corey for a nonprofit called the Scarlet Hope, they help women who are in the sex trade and they are often like 8 times higher risk of being raped or you know getting into situations that they cannot get out of. So this nonprofit helps these women in Louisville, Kentucky. And part of our promotional video that we did was a recruiting video to help women know that there is help for them. And so we did a almost like a short film. And the extended metaphor that we used was a bird and recognizing that often these women are caged very early on in their life situation that forced them into making this decision to go into the sex working we use this metaphor throughout the film. And if you watch it, it's on my website. It's just a, I think it's like a six, six or seven minute film. It starts with, she has a bird in a cage as a pet. She's getting a bird in a cage tattoo. You see a bird fly out of a window at the end of the film. And so all these pieces help to visually represent the story that we're telling. So you know, when you're storyboarding, you just block out these different pieces of the story that you're telling and you write out, how are you going to tell that piece of the story? I love that. And when
0: you say you use the word narrative, so yeah. like in was nonprofit, what were they again, just so that the listeners, because I do have several people that are in the
1: nonprofit world yeah, who listen to the show. So I think that would be so beneficial for them. I'm going to pull it up right now as we're talking so that I don't get it wrong. So the N is for name. So that's you name your target audience, you know, telling about their age, their background, their hopes and their dreams. The A is for adversity, which is their obstacle or problem or conflict that they're experiencing. And then every good story, once you show a problem, then you need to show how that problem is actually being amplified or increased by by adding to that problem. So the statistics or the political climate or the context. So what are the added complications that make that initial adversity even harder? And then your reason why are you in existence you know what's the philosophy or your mission statement your why you know for why you started your nonprofit number 5 is your achievement and you know every hero if they're going to follow you or if they're you know if your donor is going to join you in this in this story of helping the hero then they need to know that you're a trustworthy guide and a trustworthy partner to join in this with. And so what's your achievement? That's the A. So how much financial support have you gotten? How many people have you served? Who are your partners? You know, what success stories have you had? The T is for tactic. What's the plan? How are you going to serve this population? What's your strategy? And, you know, how can change occur? The I is for invitation. How can your audience help? Uh, What do they need to do? What's the next step they can take? You know, this is your call to action. Give, become a sponsor, become an ambassador, come serve. You know, all those things are invitations um, that you're asking your audience to do. The V is for vision. So what does transformation look like? You know, cast that vision of what life is going to be like on the other side of this you know, journey that you're taking these heroes on. You know, in marketing, we call this the aspirational identity. And then the E is for that extended metaphor. So what symbols or objects or words or animals that represent the struggle or the transformation of those whom you serve? You know, I'm working with a nonprofit right now called Hands and Feet Project. And they're an organization that serves the most vulnerable in Haiti. And You know, their metaphor is hands and feet. You know, they are being the hands and feet of Jesus as they serve these people in Haiti and bring partners to support these vulnerable people, specifically children who are in danger of being abandoned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's narrative.
0: I love that. And I, I love that it's simple, but yet it embodies so many things that are so important. So you've got the storytelling component, but you've also got the breast building. You have you know, the proof of what you've done and what you can do, but you're also bringing in The people involved. You're bringing in those people so they can be their own hero. I'm thinking of in terms of, so I'm on the executive board at Face to Face Germantown, which is a nonprofit, and we help people who are homeless, are in the marginalized population of the Philadelphia area, Germantown. And we're basically a community center where we offer social work support. They have We have a nurse, so if they do have something that is a minor medical need, the nurse can address that and guide them. We have an attorney that helps with housing, getting their social security card, getting their birth certificates, things like that, that we take advantage of having all the time. You know, we don't think of the fact that we don't have these things. And so my mind is we just actually did a new logo. My mind is going to what we just did and how this narrative would have been so incredible for that process, but we can use this going forward now. I love it. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I'm super excited to share that. Okay. So, you know, I always have on the questionnaire that I send to the guests on the show, I always have a a question at the end that is, what questions would you like to ask Robin about personal branding or whatever? And most of the time people will fill that out, but we never get to it. And this time I want to make sure we get to that because since we're in the same space, I think it'll be really fun to have a conversation about branding and personal branding specifically, because yeah, you're in a slightly different space than I am yet. Our brains are working similarly. We're kind of doing the same exact thing. So we're going to turn the tables now. And instead of me continuing to ask you questions, I'm going
1: to let you ask me some questions. Awesome. I'm so excited about this because it's really just free consultation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, It is, you know, and there is,
0: there's something to be said for that, because I learn from every guest I have on the show. And sometimes I learn too much, because then I'm overwhelmed. And I'm thinking, Oh, my gosh, I just have to hire them. How am I ever gonna do this myself? (laughs) You know, and then I have to like, calm myself down and say, Okay, Robin, you don't have to do everything. Let's look at this from every perspective. And then you take what you've learned, and you apply it. And if it's too much, then maybe it's not meant for you to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah. So I have a similar problem that a lot of my clients have, because they'll come to me and say, okay, I have multiple services. Even my husband has this problem. So he's a photographer. And so he has his corporate clients. He has his individual clients, like family photography. And then he has his fine art photography. And then I struggle similarly. I have my, you know, brand marketing client. And then I have online course that, you know, that teaches that, you know, the narrative framework that we just discussed. I'm launching that soon. It's a, it's a course on how to tell stories, how nonprofits can tell their stories over film and create their own videos if they can't afford a production company. Which most of them cannot. (laughs) Right. And so then I have my own creative writing that is very, I would say, the opposite of corporate language. It's just creative nonfiction. So, where I tell stories about my life and my journey. And yeah, so I personally struggle to know how to brand all of that with one message. So what you got for me? Oh gosh. I love this conversation. I mean,
0: I, so I'm multi-passionate too. And as a multi-passionate person, it's very hard to narrow your focus and to really dive deep into one area and let the other areas slide. Right. This is something that I don't know if you've ever heard of Pia Silva, but she is in the, I guess, branding, brand marketing space as well. She's out of New York city and I had her on the show and this was such a brilliant example and I've adopted it because it makes so much sense. So if you think of our brands as an hourglass, so at the very top is us, right? And that where the the hourglass is wide and broad at the top are all of our ideas, all of those things that we're, you know, thinking about and our mind is racing and we're, we're going to create and we're going to do and all of these things. And then it becomes overwhelming and we can't focus on everything right. and make everything efficient or everything work streamlined. Right, So it's important to narrow down a little bit. So as we narrow things down so that we can really focus, we're coming to that point of the hourglass that is narrow, where the sand is just very, very gently and slowly trickling through. That's the point where we really define our focus. We really define our brand and who we are as that brand. What is the root of our story and how are we able to help people? Mm. And what I always tell my clients, is, this is the point where we want to really look at our values, our visions, and our passions. So what area really fuels you? What area do you really see yourself working at? So for me as a photographer, like your husband, I love love photography. I love taking pictures of people. But what I didn't love was I didn't love going out on the weekends and being gone away from my family. Mm. I didn't love and I, I never did weddings, but I was doing a lot of family portraiture. I still have a couple of clients that are family portrait clients that I still work with just because they've been with me for so long. And I feel like they're such a part of my business and my growth, right? So but for me, that vision that I had for my success and what I wanted to do and where I felt most fueled was working with professionals, Mm -hmm. either entrepreneurs building their brand, or people who needed a professional headshot. And those could be corporate personnel. They could be corporate executives. They could be actors, actresses, whatever models, whatever. And then where were my passions? And my passions were helping women feel beautiful, confident and have clarity in what they were doing and help them identify all of these things as well. So at that point, you really can kind of define your personal brand, your, and I'm going to say niche, but I'm going to say niche loosely yeah, because I do believe in niching down, but I don't believe in excluding multiple things that you are passionate about, right? I don't think you have to get rid of everything. So then think of after you've done this exercise, think of where you can make a list of all these things, your values, visions, your passions. There's going to be incidents on there or things on those lists that mirror each other that you can see right away are great marriages that are things that you can see across all three of those lists that you could move forward on. You can, mm-hmm. you can build on there. Yeah. There's potential in them and there's potential in them to be together. Right. Yeah. Then we see the hourglass kind of open up and <laughs> it's funny because when Pia used this example, it was a very short example. And then I've kind of extrapolated it out because there's so much value to it. So when we open that back up, we still have us as the brand, right? Right we're still at the very tip top of that brand. So I like to think of it almost as a flow chart. We're we're at the top. So Sarah's at the top. But underneath Sarah, there are three facets. So we have the nonprofit video work. We have your brand marketing. And we have your creative writing. So we have these three buckets then. And so you are your personal brand. So Sarah is going to tell Sarah's story. Sarah is going to promote herself as the brand. And then within Sarah, there's this one thing that marries all of these things together. And that's storytelling. Yeah. So Sarah's going to talk about herself and she's going to talk about her business as the storyteller for all of these facets. And then in your marketing materials or on your website, your social media platforms, this is where it's all going to come together and it's going to be cohesive. And this is where it gets really tricky and it gets more challenging because yeah, you do all of these things, but what is that common thread? The common thread is storytelling. It's creativity. It's storytelling. It's helping people, no matter which section of your work, you're helping them find something, something creative, something that's going to help them find clarity, even your creative writing and telling your story, what is it going to communicate? It's going to help people find clarity within their own journey within their own story, because they're going to see your story, hear your story, read your story. And they're going to think, Oh my gosh, if she could do this, I can do this. If she can get through this, I can get through this. Yeah. They're going to take something you say, and they're going to find clarity from that. So your stories are helping other people find clarity. Mm. So You kind of break that down, but you use these things and you present them cohesively and consistently across all your social media platform. So your husband's a photographer; easy peasy for you. You can get a headshot this afternoon. (laughs) So (laughs) you become your brand, right? Yeah. Your face should be everywhere. Your face should be on the homepage of your website. It should be on your homepage, your about page. And then sprinkled throughout your website so that people really get a true sense of who Sarah is. Yeah. And then you can have, and this is where people get so confused. Like you've already got it. You've already got your URL, Sarah, Sarah Brogue, right? So.com and com. So you're set there. Your name is in your URL. That's awesome. So from there, you just build out your website. So you have those different pages that really define in more detail what it is you do
1: mm-hmm. in
0: each one of those buckets.
1: Yeah. Wow,
0: And then you have to be cohesive with that though. So on your social media per se, let's use Instagram, for example, let's have Sarah's face in at least one of every nine block section on Instagram. And let's tell about Sarah and how creative writing is driving her Mm. business or how, you know, creative storytelling is driving her business in all facets of her business. And let's have Sarah do at least three posts a week where Sarah's on Monday, Sarah may be talking about brand marketing. On Wednesday, Sarah may be talking about narrative for nonprofits. And on Friday, she may be talking about her creative writing and the story she's just written that week or something that happened in her life that week that, you know, really ties into your nonfiction creative writing. So you have those pages on your website. Now you have them on your social media too. So people are really clear on who Sarah is and what Sarah does. So you may be multi-passionate. You may have different branches under your key umbrella of Sarah, but now everybody knows what Sarah does and how Sarah can help them, whether they are in bucket one, two, or
1: three. That's amazing. It's so clear. It's so simple and clear. I love the idea that I'm telling... My personal story is on that brand page, and how I'm helping and finding that connection through those different buckets and tying it together that way. That's super helpful. That's definitely helpful.
0: You just made my day. (laughs) But I think it's so important to have these conversations because, you know, as you're working with your clients and helping them find clarity. There are so many times when we're working within our own business that we can't see our business for what it is. And I'm a firm believer that every single person should have someone else that they can consult with, with their own business, because we can't see outside of our box and the minutia that we're working on and in every single day. Well,
1: my favorite saying that I've said on every podcast that I've been on, and I'm going to sound ridiculous, but because I keep repeating it, but it's, you can't read the label from the inside of the bottle. Yes, And you really do need that outside because you say it and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that. I know all those things, but you said it in a way that actually I could hear it Mm -hmm. and make sense to the way, you know, I visualize internally. So yeah, thank you so much. That was really, that was money well spent. (laughs) For free. (laughs) I love it though. This is a great,
0: this is awesome for me because now my audience can hear exactly what I do, like how I work with my clients and how we break down what they're doing and how we can really connect with our ideal audience. Because the reality is, people are coming to you to have you help them create their story or tell their story and build their story out so that they can spark those interactions. And, you know, make those connections to then convert those people to clients. And sometimes we just need a little bit of help getting to that point. So this
1: was awesome. That's so great. Thank you so much, Robin.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, Sarah, it has been fabulous to have you on the show. What I would love for you to do is tell the listeners, how can they find you? How can they connect with you? Oh, and you know what? Before we go really fast, I just wanted to share that in 2020, we have all experienced so many different levels of trauma, but I wanted to just call out if it's okay with you that Sarah is now a breast cancer survivor. And that was thrown at her right in the midst of the COVID pandemic this year. And I, in October, we had a couple of episodes where we did talk about breast cancer. So can you just give the listeners a word of advice? related to, you know, breast cancer, your journey with it. And I don't want you to take a lot of time. And I know it's always very, very personal, but I think that as a woman who cares so deeply about other women, I think it's really important that we share these messages and, you know, keep people aware that this can happen at any given point in time, but there are ways to stay on top of it and prevent it. And obviously you were doing that because you were
1: diagnosed at
0: very early stage. Yes.
1: So, yeah. So in February I went in for just a regular mammogram and amazingly it was my first one in like three years. And, and in December I had upped my insurance, you know, being an entrepreneur, you have to kind of do your own digging to get the best insurance you can. And so I had upped my coverage and then went in and got a mammogram and, Luckily, they caught it super early, even though it was a very aggressive form. I had a double mastectomy in March and then reconstruction in June. And I happened to be one of the lucky ones who didn't have to do chemo or radiation or anything like that. So I am now cancer free. But my advice is early detection can save your life. And Even for super young people, they really do need to start checking sooner than the doctors tell you to check. And in fact, I've been working with a nonprofit organization called Keep Abreast Foundation, and they work to promote early detection and prevention for women under 40. So that they have an app that you can download and it reminds you when to check yourself uh, monthly and how to check yourself. So it's a great app. It's Keep Abreast Foundation. So yeah, go check out their website.
0: Oh, that's fabulous. I love that. Yeah. that And that's one that nobody's mentioned before. So that's great. It's new information and it's something that people can easily access and have that quick reminder to yeah. just do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah, for sharing that. Now, please share where people can find you and get to know more about you and connect with you.
1: Yeah. So my website is brocreative.com and bro is spelled B-R-A-U-D. And so that D is silent. So we are Cajuns around here. Actually, my husband's family is French Cajun. So brocreative.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Bronos or on Instagram, just Sarah Bro. So I am so excited and hopefully we'll talk to some of your listeners and they'll connect with me either on LinkedIn or Instagram or something. But I also offer a free website audit. If you want to give me a call or sign up on my website, You can give me your email address and I will give you a form that just really goes through your website and says, is your message clear? And, you know, are you telling a story that people are engaged in? And so it's a clarity and connection audit. So hopefully some of your listeners will take advantage of that.
0: That's awesome. I encourage them to do that because that is very important. If people are landing on your website and they can't figure out what you do, they're going to go right away from your website and that's it. You lost them as a potential client. Yeah. You could be losing,
1: losing your customers instead of converting them.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah. This has been so fun.
1: I loved it. Thanks so much for having
0: me, Robin. That's a wrap friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. It will also help others find the podcast. I really look forward to getting to know my listeners. Will you please connect with me on Instagram? You can find me at the Robin Graham. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Robin Graham. And I invite you to join my private Facebook group, the brand marketing insider. Please spread the word about the second day's podcast. Until next time, remember to smile.